This is Pandemic Buzz, a place where resilience practitioners gather to listen to insights from crisis management, business continuity, and crisis communications professionals. I'm your host, Devin Sermenis, a managing director at Widow Bryant's, a firm solely dedicated to supporting clients to prepare, respond, and recover from devastating events. Throughout this series, you'll hear from subject matter experts from a variety of industries and geographies. The intent is to share insights and best practices that you can adopt during these unusual times, or at the very minimum, some human elements that will further connect us as we adapt to new routines both at work and at home. Hey, Julie, how are you doing this afternoon? Hi, Devin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks again for uh, being a guest on Pandemic Buzz. If you could, for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your title, and uh, your company? Sure. Julie Allison. I'm the Director of Health, Safety, Environmental, and Regulatory for Crestwood Midstream, which is an oil and gas company. Fantastic. Under the pandemic scenario we find ourselves living and working in today, how is your company sustaining operations? And what kind of business continuity strategies have you invoked? Is everybody working from home? Did you shift capacity across offices? Can you kind of share with us? Sure, sure. So first of all, I want to say how very proud I am of how quickly and responsibly we've responded to this. I mean, it's just an unknown situation that we're all dealing with. Um, But we really uh, built off of our crisis management plan, which Wood O'Brien's helped us enhance last year. Uh, We developed a business continuity plan that we enacted at the beginning of March, and we're continuing to add procedures and guidelines kind of as the situations arise. Um, As far as teleworking in mid-March, we made the decision to begin telework for all of our office personnel from both our corporate and regional locations. We banned all non-essential travel and face-to-face meetings, even at our uh, facilities. We also provided guidance on how to operate with less interaction, kind of training on how to utilize our online conferencing systems. We have uh, both Skype and Teams that we've uh, been using over the past many weeks, and they seem to be working really good for us. Some other things we've done, um, we've set up daily stand-up calls uh, to discuss the happenings of the previous day to determine uh, what actions we may need to take. Um, We send out regular emails uh, to our employees and post updates on our internal company webpage too. No, that's great. And as a corporation, would you say a lot of your workforce is used to being remote or working from home? Did you have a percentage of that in place ahead of time? Or was it really a, a, a wholesale adoption that the workforce had to make? I would say it's probably more of a wholesale adoption. Um, people would work from home you know, as needed here and there, but uh, it wasn't like the full workforce was doing that. So another thing that we've done um, is we've set up weekly telecommute calls with our company leaders, and we've been able to discuss any issues or concerns that arise from from the situation. Uh, We shared best practices of how to engage with our teams and how to really keep people connected with each other. Um, And another thing we've been working on is supporting our working parents who, you know, as we were talking before, is is some of them find themselves now not only working full time, but being homeschool teachers or daycare providers. Um, And it's been very, very challenging, especially with some of our single parents as well. So we've been talking about how do we work that in and really make it effective for them to produce the work that they need to do, but also take care of their families. 
Right. No, that's that's great. And it's, it seems like that's a really good uh, movement from your company perspective, because I've talked with several, several others on the podcast where they were in a position where a lot of their workforce was already used to working at home. So having a oh. staff that has to totally adjust is is nice to hear that you had everything in place. The plans worked and you were, you were able to implement, implement them and get everybody going. Yeah, we were able to turn it around. I mean, the when the decision was made, people were sent the next day. And, um, you know, a lot of folks had stuff at home already that they were able to plug in pretty quickly. But we did take some home, uh, you know, our docking stations or some extra monitors. I know for me personally, I purchased a stand-up desk since that's what I'm used to. So it kind of <laughs> my, my study, and that's made it really helpful to kind of still feel the vibe of, of you know, being able to work, but feel comfortable and, and keep those ergonomics going good. What's next is possibly more important than what's now. With whom do you work and how do you determine what's next? So you're not always responding to what's happening now. So it's moving from that reactive posture into a proactive stance. Sure. So what we've been doing is just really making sure that our communications and messaging also includes discussion about ongoing work efforts. Uh, COVID-19 is is here, but we're finding ways to work with it. um, And and while it's present with us, um, some of those things that we've been doing from a communication standpoint is our uh, HSCR team has been participating in multiple WebExes uh, presented like by third parties like Safety Council, uh, NIOSH, GPA Midstream Association. And these forums have been great to learn more information from respective sources, ask questions, and better understand how our peers are responding to this and keeping their business operations going. Uh, We've also hosted monthly operation safety meetings across all of our locations. So again, we've definitely covered topics around the growing list of symptoms, you know, of COVID-19 versus like allergies and colds, the transmission of it. But we've also worked to uh, embed practices into our daily work activities on how to disinfect high traffic areas at work and at home. We've talked a lot about social distancing and the potential effect it has on mental health of our coworkers, our families and our friends. And then really also, you know, the importance of maintaining a focus on the job at hand. We still have essential tasks that must be completed and we've got to keep safety in the front of our mind. Uh, next week, we're going to be hosting a quarterly office safety meetings, discussing similar topics that we did in our field safety, but also talking about home office ergonomics, the use of video conferencing whenever possible, just to get that face-to-face connection. And then as far as you know, our, our general work, uh, we've got a lot of contractors that still have to come on site as part of being an essential business. So we're working to set up our contractor management system, ISN, so that our safety orientations can be viewed by contract personnel prior to coming on site, rather than having those contractors come you know, into our facility offices, we're doing remote sign-ins. Uh, we've identified choke points and directing foot traffic in and out of our buildings to reduce passage in hallways or congregating in enclosed spaces. Um, we're trying really to keep our folks outside as much as possible, not exposed to the recycled air. Uh, another thing that we're doing is around um, prior to work start, Uh, questions for people to help self-identify symptoms and then what do they need to do if they feel like they're feeling sick, you know, contacting your supervisor. We've got a process there, but we want to continue, you know, those daily tailgate or toolbox talks, make sure they're done with the proper proper physical distancing, you know, six feet from each worker. Um, But at the end of the day, I think we're all going to come out of this thinking a little bit differently. I think we're going to think twice before shaking hands, but maybe we'll be more respectful and cognizant of others and feel sick. We're going to stay home, um, you know, give people some distance if they need to, and then maybe even some more teleworking opportunities as cost savings uh, moving forward. 
Oh, that's great. That's a, that's a lot of great efforts. And thank you for sharing those because those are the kind of items the listeners want to kind of pick up and adopt and incorporate into their own practices. So during times like these, who are the best people to surround yourself with from a technical perspective or even looking at personalities? And this goes across leadership, kind of business chemistry, how everybody works together. Uh, do you have any ideas or are you finding those that you really like to orient yourself around during these tough times? Yeah, no, absolutely. I know I've definitely started to feel the impact of being a little isolated from my work teams. Um, you know, even though I'm blessed to be at home with my immediate family, it's still been challenging um, to feel value, to not allow self-doubt about your contributions kind of weigh on your mind, um, to, that you allow yourself not to take a break. You really work in, you know, extra, extra hard. Um, and then you kind of leave things at home not to be addressed as much. Um, so I think for me, um, I found a great release and even kind of a rejuvenation um, by not only reaching out to my team, like I mentioned before, on video conference, um, we try to do more informal social type activities over video conference. We've done themes where, you know, where your favorite college hat or your favorite uh, sports team or, you know, some other silly little hat that you've got um, just to kind of break up the day a little bit. Um, but also reaching out to my professional personal networks um, through LinkedIn, text and email, just really to check on the folks, you know, just send a quick text or a quick note over the uh, LinkedIn messaging I've gotten so many responses. And while that's not necessarily my nature to go out there and do that, it's so good just to make those connections. And you really got to keep your networking opportunities going, even in times where we can't do it face to face. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Have you had to make any changes from a human resources or corporate policy perspective to kind of take care of your staff and adapt to the pandemic as it stretches out? Absolutely. I mean, we all know this is a new situation we find ourselves in. So, you know, as concerns present themselves, we're actually having to get a team together uh, and collaborate quickly to respond. So that's a lot of what my group is doing is drafting procedures. We present it to our leadership for review. And then we're utilizing our field uh, HCR advisors and facility supervisors to disseminate that information. Um, some examples are that we've got a uh, COVID-19 training that we've assigned to all of our employees through our learning management system. It's just a reiteration of, you know, the things that you need to be uh, cognizant of is the transmission and preventative measures. I think, you know, the more we say things, the more it will become repetitive and part of everybody's daily activities. Um, we've had to do workflows of how to respond if an employee or a driver reports feeling sick, uh, who they need to contact. Um, we have a 24-hour uh, emergency hotline for HSC incidents, but we also have a nurse line for job injuries. But then we have telemed through our health insurance. So we've really been trying to push that. Um, if people's personal providers don't actually have that capability yet, they've got that option through our health insurance system who could give them some guidance if they're starting to feel ill. And then finally, we have an employee assistance program where people can call in uh, and that's really to help them manage the stress. I think we all are recognizing that mental health impact of isolation is gonna have on folks. And as you were mentioning earlier, 72 days of us being in self-isolation is going to really take its toll. So people just have to keep that in mind. So we've got those pro, uh, programs in place. And then we continue to do our safety meetings and email communications. Uh, we did contract with a national response company uh, who have established COVID-19 decontamination procedures in accordance with CDC guidelines. So, you know, should we have an exposure due to a confirmed case, we know what we're going to do in, in the various situations across our assets. And then we also did put together some care packages for our fleet drivers. And they're the ones that are interacting in public situations the most. 
So we've got wipes and sanitizers and some other essentials. And we're also looking for ways to continue to source cleaning products uh, based on the EPA approved list that they've got out there, gloves, and even some FR approved masks just to not so much, it's more containment of, uh, you know, sneezes and coughs, but um, not so much preventing the virus from hitting them. But you know, those are the types of things that we're kind of working on from an HR perspective. Well, that's quite a lot. And it sounds like you guys have been extremely busy putting those policies and processes in place and aligning it to to government standards and guidelines that are being updated and put out all the time. So that's that's fantastic. You touched you touched upon a little bit about the world's not all work and we're now working from home, particularly in a crisis like this. You know, what should we be doing to taking care of ourselves? Have you adopted anything new into your routine that you wouldn't have done previous? Well, I have to say I'm a project manager by heart, so I like being in control. I like having schedules and, and that. So what I've had to be focusing on is really what can I control? And that really is you know, the activities that we have going on in our home life and, and you know the isolated work life. So we did as a family, we created a schedule. Um, it's a loose schedule, but it's enough for us to work within that says, okay, we've got work time. And at the end of work time, we need to let that go. We take breaks during the day to help um you know, on the homeschooling, and then we've got family time. Uh, I've got school-age kids, and they crave structure too, whether they think they do or not. Been in school for you know most of their life, they've got a structure and a pattern. So, we really felt like it was important to set that up for them. Uh, we've established some simple daily chores for them to take care of as well to help us out around the house, and we set some expectations around work quality and time completion. And it's not just for us, you know, in the work field. I think it's really important to start building those lessons with the kids early on. From a homeschooling perspective, we're targeting one to two subjects a day, you know, trying to wake up at the same time, um, you know, but, but making sure that we are giving them the time they need to ask the questions they do to kind of push them through their, their lessons. But I can tell you, I'm doing very good at sixth grade math. I've got dividing practice <laughs> under control, so I'm very proud. So, but with that said, we've got to celebrate our wins. So we're really also making sure that you know, we take a picnic on the back porch. You know, we didn't get to do that when we're at work. So we're going to take advantage of that. A game of catch in the backyard, some board games. Um, I think overall, we've always wished for more time with their families. So we're really, really trying to take advantage of it and look at it as a positive. Um, and then the last thing that we've put in for our family's exercise. Uh, I can say we did it on and off when we were in our regular work environments, but uh, we've been very, very dedicated to this. And every day we do something and it has paid off mentally and physically just to take a break, enjoy the outdoors. Uh, we're still able to you know, walk or run our trails. Uh, we've found some old exercise videos that we've been doing with weights and resistant bands and getting the whole family involved. Too bad we don't have a video of that. I'm sure people enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, exactly. But we're just really trying to make sure to give ourselves a break. You know, the house doesn't be, need to be spotless. Nobody's coming over, um, but it's a great lesson and we're trying to use it as a growing experience. Uh, those are great aspects. And I think a lot of people are talking about the correlation between increased physical activity to to sustain or at least maintain that mental happiness or mental capacity functionality in terms of coping with everything that's going on day-to-day news cycle-wise and uh, just living in the real time and getting yourself, your workers, your coworkers, your staff, and your family through it. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yep. So if you look back at recent history across these types of crises, what type of corporate personality or behaviors are remembered? You know, who are the companies and what did they do that no one else thought of doing? An example that I have is uh, Google leveraging their their vast 
uh, supply chain and delivery capability. They volunteer to get tests anywhere they're needed kind of across the globe as well as across the continental United States. Do any others come to mind at this time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look back, uh, there are actually a number of situations, um, less severe, I guess, but uh, still required stepped up in action. Um, you know, in Houston, we've had flooding through Tropical Store, Allison, Brita, Harvey. Um, and so you do, you remember some of those those leadership qualities and corporations that have stepped up. Um, I think from a communication standpoint, the ones that I remember are ones that uh, had calm, honesty and control uh, and hope. I think that was a big thing that this too shall pass. Um, even if we don't know how it's going to turn out, um, we need people to remind us that we can all pull through this and it energizes your spirit and makes you kind of want to dig in and find solutions. I know locally here, um, we've got a grocery store called HEB. Um, they really have stepped up. Um, not only are they providing um, extra pay to their workers, they've installed um, like screens at the checkouts of the grocery store so that they can prevent, you know, some immediate exposure from for their employees. They've also partnered uh, with some local restaurants to start making some made um, make at home meals. So they're kind of packaging up some meals from some favorite restaurants that you can go in and buy and then cook at home. So they're trying to provide for our you know, local economy and keep some restaurants and business there. So, you know, really seeing that from a local perspective, it makes you want to get out there and try to help. You know, we do try to do some takeout when we can and, and help some folks out there. But um, I also love the, the idea that everybody's kind of transitioning from maybe their normal uh, manufacturing into doing, you know, sanitizer or making masks, th those types of things. So I really think it's a testament to the American spirit that, you know, we've We've been through hard times before. This seems pretty bad, but I think we'll make it through if we all stick together. Yeah, great. I, I really like the, the string of optimism and the way that um, you brought in the, the local chain, but also helping out the local businesses. I, I love that. I love that idea about having restaurants package up and prepackage some favorite favorite menu items. I'm, I got to get the word out here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're pretty excited to see what they come out with. Yep. So if the situation goes worst case, what do you wish your company would have done? Uh, this is kind of a, a real time looking back. What are some lessons learned, if any, at this point in time? Yeah, I, I'm not sure I even want to consider what could be more worst case. Um, <laughs> you know, being so actively involved in our response and actually receiving such positive feedback from others in our organization about how we have been responding and trying to take care of our employees and our business operations. I really feel like we've done a great job. Um, and I, I think we're continuing to do all that we can in the best interest of the company and the employees. And at the end of the day, what we just continue to remind folks is of our safety slogan is that safety matters because you matter. And that pretty much sums up our approach. And we always, always are reminded, you know, from our CEO on down that that's what we need to keep in mind um, as we make our decisions across the time. Yep. So last question, uh, what sources like social, traditional media, personal networks, et cetera, are providing the most useful updates that help inform your company's strategy for the pandemic? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we do track local and national news sources, uh, federal state agency sites, um, and we have assets across the country and we've got people that actually have to cross state boundaries to do their job. So as we're considered an essential business, uh, we have to track state notices, uh, you know, limits that they have of people going in and out of the state and any responses to drivers trying to uh, you know, perform their work activities. So we have provided safe passage letters for all operational employees, which defines the work efforts they're engaged in, you know, should they be questioned by state police or National Guard personnel. 
But that's definitely, you know, kind of where we're focusing our attention is not only the continued messaging around uh, decontamination or sanitizing and hygiene as that continues to change as we learn more about the virus, but also what do we need to do to make sure that we don't get our operations um, stopped because folks who are essential can't get to where they need to get to. Fantastic. Julie, I really appreciate your candidness, your insights, the empathy expressed through this interview. So again, thank you for being a guest on Pandemic Buzz. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to Pandemic Buzz. Please like and share this podcast with your colleagues and be sure to catch our next episode.